الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله اللهم لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك وعظيم سلطانك سبحانك اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته من تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد One of the objections that the mushrikeen of Quraysh in Jahiliya made against Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was why did Allah ta'ala, if he wanted to send a message, choose you to send this message? Why didn't Allah ta'ala send an angel so that we wouldn't have any doubt with regards to the message, nor would we have any way of arguing against the message? Why are you the one who's taking the message and not some supernatural means? And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responded, not by making up an answer on his own like many of us would, rather he waited for the revelation to come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he responded through the revelation. Which is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, look, even if an angel were to be sent to you, the angel would have been in human form and he would have worn the same clothes that a human being wears. Why? Because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes to give a message, that message needs to be carried through a medium that is compatible with the one who is listening to the message, otherwise the message is not going to be heard. If you want to give a message to human beings, then that message also has to be through a human medium. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the best one to carry a message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from amongst his creation. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not only the messenger, Brothers and sisters, he is also the message. He is not only the messenger, he is also the message. The Qur'an was revealed unto his heart, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's through his, not only his speech, that the words of the Qur'an were revealed and communicated to mankind. But it was through his explanations, both verbal and through action, that the words of the Qur'an became a source of guidance. Don't you see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his book, يُضِلُّ بِهِ كَثِيرًا وَيَهْدِي بِهِ كَثِيرًا وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ إِلَّا الْفَاسِقِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this book will misguide many and He will guide many and He will not misguide any through this book, through this Qur'an except for the people who have a propensity toward profligacy and toward sin. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger and the message. Without him, even the words of the Qur'an themselves become what? A source of misguidance for people. Even the words of the Qur'an themselves become a source of misguidance for people. Don't you see there are people in this world, they're, they're, they're literally killing Muslims, and they're trying to eradicate Islam from entire countries of this world. And there are people who also say, we believe in the Qur'an. There are people, don't you see, in this world, they believe that Anbiya came after the Prophet wasallam which is a belief literally takes a person outside of the fold of Islam and is diametrically opposed to clear and decisive, precise statements of the book of Allah Ta'ala, yet they still claim that they 
hold the Qur'an and they adhere to the Qur'an. There are a number of misguided groups that they say that they take some wisdom or benefit from the Qur'an. But what do they not have? They don't have the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because of which those people are misguided. Had they had true love for the Qur'an, they would have looked at what's inside the Qur'an. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? He says what? He says, وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَىٰ That the, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he doesn't speak from his vain desire and from his caprice from his hawa, from the vanity that comes from having no direction or from having no uh, uh, grounding in any sort of truth or any sort of reality. Rather, everything in huwa illa wahyu yuha, everything he says is nothing except for a revelation which is revealed to him. This is why the understanding of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah has always been that the wahi that came on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was of two types. One is al matlu, the, the wahi that's recited ritualistically, which is the Quran. And the wahi that's ghair matlu, the wahi which is not ritualistically recited, it may not be precise in its wording. You may see the same hadith narrated by four or five different narrators and the wording is up and down a little bit here and there. But all of the narrations have the same meaning. And that meaning is a meaning from the meanings of revelation, from the meanings of wahi. And the person who disbelieves in what Rasulullah said, that person has necessarily also disbelieved in what the Quran said. The messenger and the message. The messenger is the message. The messenger from Allah Ta'ala is part of the message of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. This is something that a majority of the Muslims, regardless of the fact that there are misguided groups and deviant and heterodox groups that are out there, some of which have some steam, they pick up steam through there, appeals to people's emotion and appeals to people's ignorance. Still, despite all of that, because of the sunshine of the plethora of learning that was available in the Muslim world, not just now, but in the past as well, these groups usually don't get too far so if somebody wishes to introduce some sort of deviation into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they know that if we take a shot against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the people will think we're crazy. Even most non-Muslims will think you're crazy. The second, the second target is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you take a shot against the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in you know, whatever rural Indiana, you might be successful because nobody knows anything about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in these places. And so they paint these kind of pictures of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who are so, which are so horrible and disgusting and untrue. But throughout the Muslim world from Indonesia to Morocco and everywhere in between, the people love the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in such a love, with such a love that people of other religions... They, it makes them feel uncomfortable. It makes them feel like, what's going on over here? That these people, they love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam more than we love God that we worship. These people know more about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam than we know about our own mothers and fathers. These people follow the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam more than we follow the example of our own mentors, than, than the examples of those that we look up to as well, than the examples of those who we take as heroes. If someone says something bad about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa to a Muslim, anybody who has any sort, of, any sort of resemblance to iman inside of their heart, it's known that inside of the heart of the Muslim, this person, all of a sudden, the blinders are going to be closed. This person is not going to listen to anything that person has to say anymore. So the target, the target, if you look at every single heterodox group that has deviated from the way of the Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, 
what is it? The first target is always the Sahaba of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's all the, the companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. People will say something bad about this person. People will say something bad about that person. People will say, this is their mistake. This is that mistake. This is this other person's mistake. And they'll speak about it shamelessly. And they know what? That they have a cover over them. Why? Because Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, they haven't said anything bad about them. And everything else in the interest of fairness and objectivity and whatever uh, uh, study and scholarship and whatever, people will excuse a certain amount of, a certain amount of, uh, uh, of silliness and lack of adab that people have to those companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and people in general will not say anything. However, I put forth for the consideration of the brothers and sisters the following. First of all, from a theoretical point of view, if Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the message, then necessarily after him the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala and whom are the message. And although we do not say that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum are ma'asum, are infallible, divinely protected from sin or from mistake like the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was. As individuals this is true, as a gathering it's absolutely not true. This is the whole idea of why ijma'ah is the source of legislation in the sharia. Ijma'ah is what? That in any generation, if all of the Muslims get together, the ulama from the Muslims, mujtahidun, get together and agree on a certain issue, that issue is considered to be correct by the nas of the Qur'an itself. Allah Ta'ala says in His book, He says what? وَمَن يُشَاقِقِ الرَّسُولَ مِن بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ الْهُدَى وَاتَّبَعَ غَيْرَ السَّبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ نُوَلِّهِ مَا تَوَلَّى وَنُسْلِهِ جَهَنَّمَ وَسَاءَتْ مَصِيرًا Whoever, whoever uh, disputes with the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whoever dissents with the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after the path of guidance has been made clear to them, and follows a path other than the path of the believers, we will put them under the authority of that thing that they seek authority from, whatever it is. And we will roast them in the fire, and what a horrible end that is. Now, brothers and sisters, this 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 expression, the one who follows other than the path of the believers, what does it mean? It means what? That descend with the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is kufr, and people understand that from before. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts on par with it what? Following other than the path of the believers. Meaning if all of the believers go in one direction, there necessarily needs to be somebody who dis- descends with them. That person who dissents with the path of the believers, that person is what? It's a sign that that person is on the path of misguidance. And their misguidance is on par with dissenting with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa This is the whole idea of ijma'ah. The idea is what? That the ummah, even though the individuals of the ummah are prone to mistakes. I'm prone to mistakes. You're prone to mistakes. Maybe Allah ta'ala hit some of our mistakes better than he hit other people. All of us as individuals are prone to mistakes. However, the ummah itself will not go astray. The ummah as a complete totality will not go astray. The idea that the ummah could go astray is what? It's su'adhan. It's having a bad opinion of Allah Ta'ala and having a bad opinion of His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Why? Because of what we mentioned in the beginning, which is that the message has to be delivered in a medium that the one who is receiving the message is able to receive it from. And so you and I are not people who can say we follow just the Qur'an and Sunnah. Why? Were you there to see the angel Jibreel come down and teach the Qur'an to the Prophet ﷺ? No, neither was I. Were you there to hear the hadith of the Messenger of Allah ﷺ? Absolutely not. The message that we have is what? It's transmitted through people. 
And those people, they form an isnad, like literally a chain, a chain of narration. Now, in a, in a chain, if one link breaks, the entire chain comes apart. And so, for that reason, this ummah is protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the text of the Qur'an, and also by rational necessity. That if He wishes to send a message to us, the integrity of that message, even though it's, it will never be, the madar of it will never be mokufa on one individual person. It will not be ever contingent. The quality of that message is not contingent on one individual person. But you cannot look inside the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and say, everybody's gone astray. Uh, 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 at any one point. The quality of the message is preserved, however, the isma is, is, is spread out throughout the entire ummah. It's not the, the infallibility, infallibility is spread out throughout the individuals of the entire ummah. It's no longer contingent on any one individual like it was contingent on the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And so what is the benefit for a deviant person to attack the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. And what is the harm? Even when a, a unsuspecting and even when a, uh, 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 a, a heedless person from the believers is to have a bad opinion of one of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. The harm is, and the damage is what? Is that you have effectively cut off any means of communication with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, any means of receiving any revelation from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? Because there are people in this ummah, Billah, Allah Ta'ala protect us from misguidance. They say, I believe in the Qur'an, but I don't follow the hadith of the Prophet Don't you know that the Qur'an is also, from a technical point of view, it's also a hadith of the Prophet It's not like somebody clicked on the internet and hit a MP3 and they hear the Prophet reciting. It was also transmitted in a chain of narration that's unbroken and it comes to you. Anyone who did the hifz of the Qur'an properly. And nowadays what they do, they do something that resembles hifz where the student can, you know, recite the uh, Qur'an in taraweeh, you know, like with s- several mistakes or whatever. And, you know, enough to pass. If he can fool the people that's standing behind him, uh, uh, then we say, oh, fulan is a hafiz of Qur'an. The actual usuli way of receiving the Qur'an is what? That there's a qira'ah, and that qira'ah has two riwayas and has a rasam. You have to memorize all three of them, the orthography and two different riwayas. So if you're going to be a hafiz of Qur'an, you take the qira'ah of Asim, for example, and then you take the, the riwayah of Hafs and the riwayah of Shu'bah, and you learn the rasam, how the, 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 the sacred orthography of the Qur'an is written. And if you can produce those from memory, then you receive an isnad, you receive an ijazah that has a chain of narration. The chain of narration doesn't stop the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The next link above him is Sayyidina Jibreel alayhi sallam, and the next link above him is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Guess what? The same people who transmit the Quran, they're the same people who, who transmit the uh, hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Literally, those same transmitters whose names are there in the transmission of the Quran, it's the same uh, uh, transmitters that are the ones who transmit the hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Or did you think that the Quran, you know, that 1400 years ago, the uh, king of Saudi Arabia is running a printing press or something like that? It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. If you cut off the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, then what have you said? You said what? Yeah, Allah ta'ala must have sent some message some time ago. But that message, there's now uh, 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 something in the middle that's happened, and we have no trust in it whatsoever. Which is precisely why every heterodox group that has made mukhalafa of the Ahlul Sunnah al-Jama'ah, every heterodox group which has dissented with the, uh, irre- uh, irre- uh, uh, irreconcilably dissented with the, the people of the Sunnah, 
Every single one of them, they don't narrate almost any hadith at all whatsoever because they've impugned all the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. So the Rawafid, the Mu'tazila, the Khawarij, all of them, they impugn the, the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum as unreliable narrators and as corrupt people. Some of them even made takfir of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And because of that, now we can interpret the Qur'an to mean whatever we want it to mean. So Allah ta'ala says in his book, وَعْبُدْ رَبَّكَ حَتَّى Right? Worship your Lord until certainty, uh, uh, you reach, uh, arrive at certainty. It says, okay, we've already arrived at certainty, so we don't have to pray anymore. And there's no uh, problem with us drinking alcohol because our hearts are on fire with the flame of certainty. If you look in Sahih Bukhari, the meaning of Yaqeen, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that the meaning of Yaqeen in this, in this uh, ayah is what? It's death. This is why even though Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Yaqeen, he had in his heart and his companions had in their hearts, radiallahu ta'ala anhum. It exceeds the yaqeen of any armchair philosopher who is going to give some sort of uh, corrupt and deviant and wrong and, and incorrect and, and, and lying interpretation of the Qur'an. You see, they had yaqeen, but they never follow, stopped following the sacred sharia. But someone else will come afterward and twist all of these things uh, in weird ways. And then the people are going to say, well, I guess it says it in the Qur'an. And, you know, I guess I understand what this word means. And khalas, you, through the entire sharia, sacred sharia, which is going to be the rope that we hold fast to, which will give everyone uh, who follows it a maqam with Allah Ta'ala's awliya and jannah forever and ever. We've thrown it away. We've thrown away the light. We jumped in the ocean and threw our life jacket away from before so that we have no uh, uh, way of saving ourselves on the day of judgment. This is ridiculous. This is the plot of shaitan. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what does he say about the sahaba radiallahu anhum? He said, radiallahu anhum wa radu anhu. That Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with him, jalla wa Which one of us in this gathering, raise your hand, was this ayah revealed about you? Nobody has the right to say anything about the companions of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said in his book, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I did not create the mankind and the jinn except for to worship me. That's literally the purpose of the creation. After the, after the, the Anbiya alayhimu salam, after the Prophets themselves, may the peace and blessings of Allah ta'ala be upon them. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum represent in a generation the perfection of the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not just me who says it, rather it's Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who says it. In so many ahadith, he bore witness to the virtues of his companions. Male and female, muhajir, ansar, Arab, non-Arab, white, black, in, as individuals and as a collective. خَيْرُ الْقُرُونِ قَرْنِ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالسُنَّةِ وَالسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِّينَ The best of generations is my generation, then the ones that come after them, then the ones who come after them. Incumbent on you is to follow the sunnah of my rightly guided successors. خُذُوا مِنْهَا وَعُضُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِذِ Take from it and hold fast to it with your molar teeth. Literally, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said what? That the sunnah of his khulafa rashidun, the sunnah of his rightly guided khulafa is what? He connected it with his own sunnah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ab, tell me, why is it that our children know the names of soccer players and basketball players? They don't know anything next to anything about the sahaba, the companions of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa Even those who know about them, they know all the way until the point of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa having left this world. We don't teach afterward what happened with anybody. If you don't know them, you will not have any, any connection with them. 
If you don't have any connection with them, what's the loss? Someone will say, look, I pray five times a day and I fast in Ramadan and I, uh, 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 you know, I, I made hajj and I pay my zakat, etc., etc. Why are you putting another burden on me? This is not a burden. Rasulullah said in more than one sahih hadith, in several places in the Sihah, the same expression. A man came to Rasulullah and asked him, when is Yawm Al-Qiyamah? He said, what did you prepare for it? He said, I don't know, I didn't prepare much in the way of praying and fasting, but I know I love Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, Al-mar'u ma'aman habba, a man will be with the one that he loves. There's a man who came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the masjid, and he saw the order and the discipline and the harmony amongst the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's companions. And he asked him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Al-mar'u yuhibbu qawman wa lamma yalhaq bihim. What do you say about a man who loves a people but was not able to be as good as they were in the past and still isn't able to be as good as they are? Which is our condition right now. A man loves a people but wasn't able to be as good as they are from before nor is he able to be so now. What do you say about that man? Rasulullah said what? A man is going to be with the one he loves. If we have this love, this mahabba, which is an amal of the heart, it's not an amal of the limbs. It's an action of the heart. Not the physical heart. Physical heart pumps blood. Maybe many people in this room, your physical heart is in very bad health right now. But your spiritual heart should be in good health. It doesn't mean the day of judgment, the day that a man will not be benefited by wealth or by progeny. The only thing that will benefit them is a heart free of blemish. That doesn't mean that if your uncle had a heart attack, he's going to the hellfire. Because it's not talking about the physical heart. It's talking about the spiritual heart, something else. This mahabba, this love that the spiritual heart can have, this love is something that can close gaps, not just of, 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 of days and months. It, cannot, it can close gaps that are not just of miles and tens of miles and hundreds of miles. It can close gaps of light years. This love of the heart, it can do something that your physical body cannot do for you. The man asked, what do you say about the one who loves the people, but, uh, but it wasn't able to be like them from before and is still not able to be like them? Rasulullah said what? A man will be with the one that he loves. If you learn about them, if you learn their love, if you teach their love, what will the benefit be? It's narrated that Malik rahimahullah ta'ala, who is who? He's Amir al-Mu'mineen fil hadith in his age. There's rarely any hadith that a person narrates except for Malik rahimahullah ta'ala passed underneath his, 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 uh, uh, his supervision. His hadith from his muwatta, the reason it's not included in the Sahasita Sitta is that every single Mosul Muttasil hadith of the muwatta is already included in Bukhari Muslim. His hadiths weren't given up by any one of the, the imams of hadith. That Malik rahimahullah ta'ala, it's not just somebody who's a preacher giving a talk or whatever, an ignorant person who's giving a talk in order to increase their fame or to impress people. That Malik rahimahullah ta'ala who was prognosticated about in the hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa that a time will come that the people will, it's a hadith of Tirmidhi, that the people will beat their camels traveling in the east and the west. That they won't find anyone that has more knowledge than the alim of Medina, than the scholar of Medina. That Malik, what did he say with regards to the love of the Sahaba and the Ahlul Bayt? He said that the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, or the Aslaf, the Imams of the Tabi'een, used to teach their children the love of Abu Bakr and Umar like they used to teach their children surahs from the Qur'an. 
This is not an exaggeration, brothers and sisters. That's the Khairul Qurun. They didn't exaggerate about deen. They're the ones who have the most hairs and the most uh, 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 zealousness in guarding what the deen is and what it isn't. This is the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you cut yourself off, if you, the, Allah threw the, life, uh, the, the, the lifesaver to you, the life jacket to you, and you took the, the string that t- attaches it to the boat, the ark that will be your salvation, and you cut it off yourself, who do you have to blame other than yourself? You cut it off with your own hands. You cut it off with your children with your own hands. You did nothing to learn about them. You did nothing to understand anything about them. You didn't understand. You didn't have to become an alim or even a great abid or even a pious or righteous man. It would have been sufficient for you to love Allah and love His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And from His mahabba to love the companions radiallahu ta'ala anhum. If you think that's an exaggeration, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said in a hadith narrated by Ibn Majah, Allah, Allah fi ashab. لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحب أحبهم I invoke, I invoke the help of Allah Ta'ala istighathatan. I invoke the help of Allah Ta'ala when it comes to my companions. Don't make them the, the, the target of your idle speculations after I'm gone. Because whoever loves them, it's because they love me that they love them. ومن أبغضهم فببغض أبغضهم Whoever hates them don't say that I love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and I'm going to celebrate the mawlid and I'm going to this and that and I'm going to whatever and then afterward talk bad about the companions of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa It's a fraud. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa himself called the fraud out. What did he say? فَبِبُغْضِ أَبْغَضَهُمْ Because of, the, because of my, my, uh, my hatred, because they hate me. That's the only reason why they hate them. If you love them, it's an expression of the love of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And if you hate them, it's an expression of the hate of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Do you think that the ones that were there to save him and to protect them, literally taking strikes from swords and spears and, and arrows on the day of Uhud, that those people you're going to say bad about them and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is going to be happy with that? That you're going to then automatically receive the shafa'ah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and drink from his hawd even though you talked bad about those people who are the most dear to him? And what does it mean that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam loves you? What's the benefit of that? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in another hadith narrated by Imam Tirmidhi. He said what? He said to Sayyidina Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu when he was a young boy. He said, وَيَا بُنَيِّ وَذَلَكَ مِن سُنَّتِي فَمَنْ أَحَبَّ سُنَّتِي فَمَنْ أَحْيَا سُنَّتِي فَقَدْ أَحَبَّنِي وَمَنْ أَحَبَّنِي كَانَ مَعِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ he said to Sayyidina Anas bin Malik, Oh my dear son, this is my sunnah. And whoever loves my sunnah, that person has loved me. Whoever in a different narration, whoever brings my sunnah to life, that person has loved me. And whoever loves me, that person will be with me in Jannah. Now tell me in this hadith, does this mean you have to give a million dollars in charity? No. Does it mean that you have to pray a whole lot? No. Does it mean that you have to fast a whole lot? No. All of those things are great. Whoever can do them, I encourage you to do them. But in this hadith, what is it? It's an amal of the heart. That you have to have love for those people. If you don't have that love, if hearing their names doesn't change your, your heart into a better state, then it's time to get working because things don't happen on their own. Even your iman is contingent on the, the deeds that you do. It's time to make that iman inside of your heart as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. Wa sallallahu ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi 